Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This program contains subject matter and language that may be disturbing to some viewers. Your discretion is advised. Alrighty, guys. Uh, welcome to Savage Unfiltered. Uh, I'm your host, Michael Gardner. Uh, today, we're joined by uh, identical twin sisters, uh, former therapists, now turned entertainers. Uh, and we're going to get their uh, story, guys. Uh, this is Joan and Jane. Uh, welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much. Excuse me. I should say ladies. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I usually have men on the show. It's like very rare I have women. So I do want to apologize. Welcome to the show, ladies. Well, thank you so much. But you don't even have to apologize for that because where we're from, we used to get in trouble for that. I would say you guys and they would say, but Joan, there's women in, in the audience. And I thought, well, like whatever. But I grew up with that. So thank you. And within the twinship, I feel more, way more male than Jane. Oops. You know what? Uh, <laughs> hey, except except when that darn tra- trash pail from the kitchen has to be walked down the hall um, in the condo right now where we are. That would be me doing that. Blah, so. blah, blah. Thank you, Michael. Oh, it's 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 a great honor. And 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 through the through the accent, I I could tell you uh you guys seem like you're 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 former New Yorkers. Oh boy. <laughs> Okay, so our ancestors came to Ellis Island. We're really only second generation over here. So forgive us. Forgive (laughs) us. Um, New Haven, Connecticut is like a mini New York in a lot with the accent. And so we we're New Haven County. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say because I got it right. Yeah, it it sounds like a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, either lower Manhattan or maybe Long Island, because I'm originally from the Lower East Side of Manhattan. You know, I was going to say Long Island because wait till you hear how we say the breakfast beverage. This was a problem where where we live. You know, they really had a problem with us. This is how we would say it. Coffee. So coffee. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I was in a I was in a convenience store in Maine (laughs) uh, um, in the 80s with my ex-husband at the time. And I guess I said (laughs) something like, hey, Jim, don't forget get me a cup of coffee too. And the man behind the counter said, excuse me, miss, excuse me, miss, where are you from? Oh, he had never <laughs> heard the accent. That's wonderful. Wow. Most common beverage. Wow. <laughs> of course, my ex I, I is wanna... not from there. Oops. Oh, no. My, my ex has a Western Massachusetts accent. So you can tell it's not, well, it's, it's not Boston, but then keep going West. It's, and he thinks he's the uh, proper English. So don't you we know, all? Because he's from the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Oh, right. We're from lowly Connecticut. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, well, what made you um, ladies move down to the Sunshine State of Florida? 
Oh, well, that was, that's Joan. I moved. Jane hasn't, she's staying with me right now, but she hasn't moved yet. She will, just like she didn't like jelly at first. I know. She will. Like Apple a, pie. I'm she a snowbird for Anyhow, a minute. I moved down because Connecticut's state tax was huge and I broke my foot. I didn't have health insurance and I paid half my bill and then they came after me and I literally had nowhere to live. And so I was already in an efficiency apartment. So I said, huh, our parents are dead. That condo in Florida is draining us. So I moved here. It was Oh, wow. <laughs> but um, uh, the, the entertainment uh, uh, side of your uh, of your practice, what, what does that come in, in place? Because I know that you guys are former um, therapists. So how did the whole are you there? Hello. Now we are. Okay. Somebody was calling. I hope it wasn't. Oh, well, I'm sorry. What didn't you hear? Everything? <laughs> oh, yeah. I was, I was asking. No, it's okay. It's, you know, it's, it's technology. It's everything. We're, 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 we're basically getting thrown all over the place today, right, in society? Right. Uh, yeah. basically, basically, I was saying, you know, I see the um, – where did that come into play? Because that's rather interesting, uh, you know, <laughs> if I well, may add. Well, Jane, did you want to answer that? Because I'll just say I'm really, really funny and it, it got in the way and not even in a bad way, but it got in the way of traditional treatment where when I was being really comical with patients, inpatient psychiatric long term, they started opening up to me and I was an RN and was not prepared for their answer. And, I, and I'm just going to say like, this is where my first job was. And I was a young person. 24 was my major first job. Sorry, I was a late bloomer. And I was making somebody laugh. And what she said to me, she was a young girl in a wheelchair. She said, the first, the only orgasm I've ever had, Joan, was by my father. And that's why I threw myself off the bridge into <laughs> oncoming traffic. So it was like, oh, shit, like I wasn't expecting that. So as a young person, all I did was I sat next to her, said I was sorry, and then was silent because, honest to God, I didn't know what to say. But nowadays they say that's good. But I kind of got in trouble by the treatment team. They thought I enticed her to tell, them, tell me, and then they were saying, you know, we've been waiting for years for that. Well, you didn't know how to fucking laugh, so sorry. So, so hence comes a long line of we're, we're kind of like rebels. Um, we take after our father. Our mom played it a little safer in life. And so then we became therapists, and we didn't really like the, what was going on in the prescribing community because we were prescribers as well. And so we got in trouble on the prescriber side, and I'd like to minimize that just for today. We, could, if you want time later, but it's not as funny. And so we savaged, unfiltered. And so we <laughs> just went with it, and we thought the absurdity. First of all, the absurdity of individual therapy being the main therapy covered by insurance when everybody learned that group therapy is the best agent for change. But we oh, tried yeah. that, too. And boy, do the insurance companies, they kind of dictate who can be in a group and who can't. It's a lot of work for not as good uh, reimbursement. But anyway, so big rebels. We got out of the profession and, just, and we wrote this book, breaking, trying to break the stigma, coming out with our own mental illness. And come to find out our own traumas are hilarious. So yeah. we, we laughed at ourselves and a couple of people said that they didn't commit suicide because of how bad our lives were. And I was like, whatever, fuck you. Glad you're moving forward. 
And that's it. And, you know, once you go through that burning building of depression, anxiety, you know, manic episodes or, you know, whatever the psychosis psychosis that people go through, I find for me and my major symptom of my trauma was depression. I found that it wasn't until Joan and I duped it out during the writing of the book, you know, the, the ego can really get in the way when you're trying to write a short book, what's going to be included, of course, Jane here thinking, well, my stuff's much better. It should be included. And the other ego might say something else. But it wasn't through, until I got through all that dick. Um, you know, we kind of fought a lot. And then I, humor was the only way yeah. out. Yeah. It, it seemed that humor was the way out. Yeah. yeah. My, 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 uh, my producer of the show, Mackenzie, laughing her ass off over oh, there in good. the corner. But, <laughs> oh, you know, she, we got to partition wall so it's you know we kind of block it out so a lot of the background doesn't come through but um it sounds like you know you originally you know you had that that interest and passion for therapy and it just it just wasn't a good fit for you you know both of you you know and it seems like entertainment really really specializes uh your demeanor of character Absolutely. You know, patients, we started working together in the end and patients, I mean, they'd see just a quick interaction in the waiting room and they're like, where can I buy tickets to this is, and, and so, yeah, we helped people along the way, but the the humor and you can't use humor a hundred percent in therapy because it's in my own case as well. When I went for therapy, yeah, there was some laughter, but if I didn't get my crying out, there was no moving forward. Oh, yeah. Get the crying out. You know, I used to joke with oh, clients yeah. that, if, that if you don't cry on the first session, I'll fucking hit you to make sure. Because if you don't cry first, you do have to move through it. Unfortunately, it is unfortunate. And then you, it brings it back. But some groups are not the best, Jane. When when women have um, gone to groups where because they've been assaulted or raped, they'll go to a group. If if you talk only about the trauma and never about what got you through it or what you're doing now in in healthier ways or the people that you're close to now that are helping you. If you only talk about trauma, you stay in it. And therein lies that hilarious Woody Allen movie where he's (laughs) eating a hot dog. And that's that psychoanalysis of you complaining for all those years. I fell into that. You know, you complain. Woody Allen says something brilliantly funny in that movie. Woody Allen is a fucking, he's, 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 he's a fucking uh, mastermind, you know, with his follow him very well. Yeah. And when he was a patient and I think John Turturro in the movie was was like, what is wrong with you? And he said, give me a break. I've only been to therapy for 20 years. I mean, that is hilarious because <laughs> as we know, you know, after a year, even it's like, hello, let's, you know, get to the issue. Jane had a mentor yeah. that helped so much. You know what he used to say? You came to What's me. That? Jane, you want to say it? You came to me. Oh, one of my, my men, see, my mentor was older. And so he had back in the olden days, if you were going to be a therapist, especially a psycho um, analysis, a psychoanalyst that does psychoanalysis, you had to have your own psychoanalysis, right? Then they kind of forced you to have your own therapy and then they only could twist your arm. And so who would do it and who wouldn't? But so he was psychoanalytically trained. So he would say beautiful things like, so let's Mm -hmm. use Sally as the patient. Hey, Sally, you came to me because we were talking about um, issues with your husband and 
in the bedroom. But it's funny, we visited oh every other we visited every other room in your house. Can we get back to the bedroom sometime? Oh, Jane, today that might have been. Oh, all right, so yeah, she might have. Thought, if she was a young girl, she might have thought that was sexual harassment. I feel yeah, sorry for young no, girls. But my our mother, I my, our mother thought this gentleman was quite handsome, though. Yeah, but you know what I feel sorry about for young yeah. girls is it, it, what I feel badly about is my first job when I was sixteen was at Wendy's and I didn't get the job. Jean, I'm sorry. I I know. We both applied. Yeah. I didn't get it. Uh, Go ahead, Joe. But anyway, you didn't the, get the job. Jane didn't get that job. I didn't get it. <laughs> you know what? Oh my that god. Was, well, you, and that you, was just as you devastating. Yeah. You yeah, you happened? mentioned something about Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say that was half as devastating as when Joan won the flag coloring contest. I was, oh yeah, I had, <laughs> in kindergarten, I don't think it was kindergarten, it was, first grade, it was first grade, I think, yeah, that was, I wonder why I stayed in the lines, see, and then I broke the rules later, but anyway, I feel sorry for people today, because they, they, they don't have the experiences, whereas I think diversity training should be done in, you know, like kindergarten, but when I got my first job at 16, the, the hamburger guy, who looked like the skipper on um, Gilligan's yeah. Island, the first thing he said when I was introduced was in front of other men. Wow. Cause I was real skinny. I'm sorry. I forgot to say that. I look like olive oil on Popeye. And he said, really? wow, look at the new girl. If you fucked her, you'd open her like a zipper. And you know what? You just, oh move, <laughs> you know, at that time I just moved on.com because I was trying to talk to the yeah. fry boy. Let me tell you the fry boy. And this is your first job. Fry boy. I said, oh, you, what, why, what's that like bracelet or something he had? He didn't, it wasn't a bracelet back then. It might've been a beeper because I don't think they had that. He said, oh, I'm in, I just got out of juvie. And I didn't know what that meant, but juvenile, whatever that is. Yeah. And I said, oh, really? What, what happened? He said, I liked to start fires. <laughs> and he's the one on the fry, the French fries with all the grease. And I was like, woohoo, first job, wonderful, minimum wage. Oh, that's terrific. Oh, it was a great job. You know, I yeah. got I to ask this question here. Um, you know, on your website, you know, you put, uh, you know, motivation, right? And, you know, you, you guys, I mean, you're labeled as motivational speakers. Yeah, we um, got to go in and get rid of that, I think. No, shush up. I'm go ahead. Joking. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, where's the motivation speaking coming from this? Because I see a lot of humor, which is great. Don't get me wrong. I, I love yeah. I love the fucking humor because I think we yes. need a little bit more fucking humor in this country because the oh. country is becoming a melted pot, you know, but I'll tell you some of the humor. Is it just the Jones show, Jane? You want to say where that's coming from? But I'll just say for my clients, some of the humor that got them to take the first step was let's just say this isn't funny right this minute but it was in the office i didn't finish my bachelor's degree until i was 35 because i wanted Holy to go it's time we've got a global fan event to launch drum roll please are you ready for to do are you ready i'm ready today i get to share a special gift it's happening coming at you right now to do is back. Let's reveal some steamy secrets, shall we? Mm. I'm very excited for you guys to see it. I'll meet you there. Check out the news you've been waiting for. Get ready for some action. 
It's very exciting, you know. Yes. Hola, hola. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Let's get down to business. It's happening. <laughs> It's magical. Se viene, gente. Se viene. I'm into it, babe. I'm into it. Go time. Take it away. Get ready to have your world turned upside down. I'm ready. Are you ready? Ready. Ready. Because we're sounding the alarm. In five, four, three, two, one. Positions, everyone. We got this. Right. Was, let's just say, this isn't funny right this minute, but it was in the office. I didn't finish my bachelor's degree until I was 35 because I wanted to go on to get a higher education. But because smart bitch over here was already at Columbia University moving on. And I was like, you're moving on? Like, could you wait for me? She said, no. So some of it came from um, that, where you tell people, say, I didn't even get it until I was 35. They almost, not that they want to prove themselves to me, but it was like me in my life. If somebody said, you know, really, you know, I didn't do this until later. There's time in life for everything. And I think we forget that. I, so a lot of the humor, what comes out are experiences where other people, while they're laughing, sometimes at us, not even with us. And that's great. We want that because what it offers them is hope that they're not a loser and they might be able to do it yeah. too. And there's the motivation because we have never, ever been anything other than sloths misfits you know and misfits so we've never been those type a personalities so if somebody thought the motive motivational speakers meant for the type a's that already can do it we weren't there we were more for the misfits that don't know how to get out of bed in the morning or they're yeah you seem like you're go ahead exactly you you seem like you're you know you're you you were going that route but you know just the entertainment kind of took it to another level and you've basically been kind of know driving off of that mentality you, you seem like you're um and I, and I like this because i'm i'm somewhat of the same thing you know as a podcast host and a um just you know that winging it scenario am i seeing that a little bit in you guys or here's what you what i think you're seeing this is uh jane the one that was um the boreville person that couldn't <laughs> seem to get better until my son said to me you know you can't take a joke. And so the motivation for me was, you know, on a few levels, like I'll prove him wrong first. Like first, of, the first and yeah. foremost, my ego just stepped in. I'm going to prove you wrong. And that was my motivation to get me going. Oh, but shit. anyway, the winging it, what we've been told is what we needed was years and years and years of work and life experience And just anyone, any person, and I'm not minimizing people speaking. I used to speak for for a pharmaceutical company. Don't hold it against me, please. There's something to be learned from speakers and lecturers, et cetera, et cetera. But what we found was the best motivation for change was our story. So when we wing it, what we do is we do not prepare because we want it to be spontaneously passionate. What did you just get? 
arise out of me? What did, what did that last statement remind me of? And we have so much wisdom from all of our degrees and all of our experiences, good and bad, that we just want to share. Yeah. Yeah. Laughing our yeah, asses like, off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like to consider myself like, uh, you know, uh, another Joe Rogan or, you know, a young Michael Savage, because I, I bring it all on my show. I, I, I'm not a scripted podcast. I don't read off of a teleprompter. I think reading off of a fucking teleprompter, I mean, you know, it, it's a, you're a fake, you're a fraud. You're, you're not delivering, right. you know, right. a exactly. Exactly. And I, we noticed that if we did try to prepare, it actually wasn't funny. And Jane used to just storm <laughs> off. She'd say, this is boring. I would give it about two to three minutes. <laughs> and when it was studied and we were trying to be actresses, and both of us had done some acting, very, very little. Joan's a much better actor than I am. But it didn't go as well. And it, people said, no, no, I like you guys spontaneously. And, and who's changing the world? I love it. Yeah. Comedians. They're, they're going yeah. right to the limit and beyond. And, and people want cancel culture. And what I want to say about cancel culture is you're, you're not affording yourself to learn uh, about other, you know, just other people. Don't let culture and yeah. tradition hold you hostage. Yeah, I was, I was I was getting a notation from the from uh, producer uh, Mackenzie, and she was like, you know, Michael, don't address them by Jonah Jane because it's it's hard a, a, as it is just to identify who's speaking because you're you you ladies are identical, uh, like literally uh, identical. You know, we it's are. hard to tell you apart through the Yo. pictures. So uh, I'm just gonna wing it. I'm just gonna hopefully I'm talking to Jane. Hopefully I'm talking to Joan. <laughs> it, so, Basically here, you're talking about comedians and stuff, this cancel culture. Trust me, uh, like I handle a lot of political viewpoints on my show a lot, too. And I don't get into that fucking cancel culture because it's, yeah. it's, it's not even worth talking about. Nope. It's, I know. it's disgusting what you're seeing today. <laughs> Look, disgusting. I know. Because I'd be canceled. And, and you know what? Within my therapy walls, people would say to me, you know, oh, Joan, you don't have a kid. I want to know what Jane has to say about this. And then if Jane, who knows, Jane's so much better in bed, I guess, that they would say they wanted to know yeah. about sex. They want it, They're like, Joan. And I'm thinking, why don't you want to talk to me? But anyway, when we did shit together, oh, my God, did people get better? Because it was a comedy act. Even husbands and wives would be like, well, Joan's got my back. And, you know, I always had the dude's back except for one time. And that poor guy was so upset. But anyway, I, I usually I, both sides have to be seen. Otherwise, if identical twins can't even get along, how do we expect a country, a, a world to get, to get along? Yeah. You know what you remind me of? And this is a compliment because they're very well-known identical twins and they do a podcast and, uh, and, and, and they have the same demeanor uh, of you. You remind me of a female version of the Hodge twins. Wait, I've heard of the Hodge twins. Those are guys, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They they do comedy. They're all over the country. Uh, and uh, you remind me so much of a female version of the of the Hodge twins. Just, yeah, they're just, on just, Instagram. I think we might be following them. But if they didn't follow us back after a couple of oh, years, yeah. we may have hit the unfollow. Anywho. But yeah, no, we'll, we'll yeah. look them up. Yep, that's a compliment. Yeah, you got to check them out. They're, they're, sure. they're, they're fucking hilarious. They really are. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's great. Anyway, we, we survived our whole upbringing and it was because our father was just so funny. And then our mother said, 
you know, I would have left your father years ago if he didn't make me laugh. You know, so there is something to laughing and Harvard has done studies, which is a little boring, but it does. It, it boosts your immune system. It gives an antidepressant effect. You can't feel pain simultaneously. You know, that big that word simultaneously, <laughs> you know, it exercises your core muscles and women with menopause, they could start like turning into a two by four and or yeah, a SpongeBob. Oh, trust me, called- trust me. I had to, I had to endure that shit from my ex-wife and thank God I'm not uh, 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 experiencing that crap. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but I, I feel like I got to try and not turn into that because my ex-husband, you know what he calls older women? Handsome. And I'm thinking, I know, what's that about? I feel more handsome. I don't like that. And then you guys start calling us ma'am, and it sounds like man. And I thought, oh, my God, we turn into men. So, you know, that estrogen is a powerful thing. Isn't it sad? We lose that. <laughs> it's terrible. It really is. It's, it's horrible. Yeah. It's- and um, with some women, menopause hits. And if you had any hint of insomnia, now it's like total insomnia. And so I think God wants us to be watchdogs because we're up yeah. all night and it's go. not like we're up all night, you know, making sure we're going Ooh. on a date with a 25 year old. Oh, and if we're up all night, we've got to look more manly and look more tough. That's there it is. Evolution. We've got it. <laughs> right? growing old. We, we just solved it because the Kravitz on Bewitched, the Kravitz yeah. used to be the watchdogs. That's cute. Oh, yeah. I remember that show. Oh, they got to bring back the classics. They really do. <laughs> Yeah, so people could laugh more because television, I don't even watch it anymore because if it's not a little bit funny, although violence, I do like it, watching it. And I, and I will say that Scarface I saw at the theater when it came out and Jane's ex-husband was so distraught by it and we were walking out and he's like, wow, that was so violent. And according to Yeah, Jane, Pacino nailed it, really did. Yeah. Oh, Jane and Jim said, what I said was, really? You thought you thought that was violent? And at the time, I didn't understand trauma. But if you suffer trauma yourself, and it's in a violent manner, your body remembers. So you know that... On to what's familiar. So don't be so hard on yourself. Everybody's like, yeah, but I went back to him because he or she was abusive. Well, how many times did you keep the dog before this country, which I'm not for putting the dogs down, but the dog might have bit three or four people. I mean, why why can't we do that with humans? <laughs> keep the person around a little bit, show compassion, you know, not be hit like a sucker punch or fucking fuck faced. I get that. You don't want that. But hey, verbal abuse. I was the verbal abuser, you know, and yeah. thank you, God, for those two men and Jane and my, my parents, not my, not always my sister, Lori, but thank God that they allowed me a little of that because otherwise I couldn't get better. If everyone abandoned me, well then fuck you. I'm not going to get better. My you, you know, me. you know, everybody's so fucking, uh, you know, sensitive today. They're so offended by every little fucking label. You know, yep. it's like, it's like, this is not the United States anymore. I feel like I'm in another, like a third world fucking country or something. Where I have to like really explain myself to everything. Like I don't have to explain yeah. myself to anybody. This is fucking America, Joe. This is yeah. fucking America, Jack. I- I'm gonna do what the fuck I want, and that's it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people can't even have a conversation anymore. There's th- there's like new rules to a conversation. Is you can't like say whatever was your thought because the second the other dude disagreed with it, it's like now turned into a courtroom. 
Yeah. It's a debate of right and wrong. I don't know when that happened. Because yeah. we know for a fact when we were younger, yeah. this is the 70s, picture it, and there was a party coming up and our parents were dressed up, but it was voting time. And they came home after they voted and three kids, you know, mommy, daddy, who'd you vote for? And th- they looked like upper echelon. I'm sorry, that's my right to vote and it's a private thing and we couldn't get which one voted and i think it was i'm sorry i think one voted for reagan that's the 80s yeah yeah Yeah. because my parents uh my parents well my mother grew up in the uh the late 60s early 70s uh and yeah i can remember her telling me you know stories of reagan and you know the carter and nixon years and stuff like that but uh you know (laughs) Our dad always said that Nixon was good at foreign policy. He might have been a lot of other things, but he was good. Oh, and our father also said, you know, that a lot of people do things wrong. And, of course, Nixon took for the team. I'm not saying that Nixon was good at anything. Please, if people are going to be mad at me, I didn't know Nixon. But what I heard about Nixon was... He was an older guy and he wondered why young people didn't like him. But he was also in the era of, you know, say no to all drugs. And you know what? Young people aren't going to be okay with that because they need to separate from their parents, I guess. But what I saw in Nixon was depression now that I'm an older person, you know, and I wouldn't be able to comment as a a therapist. But those his facial expression was very sad. Well, we saw a movie too, you know, it was based on somebody. He was very sad. The young people weren't, he wasn't connecting. And the number one sign of depression in men is irritability actually. So if you have one of those guys, instead of just, you know, or girls, instead of just leaving us, Joan, me, instead of leaving me all the time, you know, maybe I deserved treatment but you know no one all no one understood back then anyway and democrats and independents all got along we all had parties yeah yeah as kids and we didn't know everybody we didn't know their sexual preferences we didn't know their political preferences oftentimes we didn't know their religious preferences because a lot of us we were rebels on the street and only went to church or or the synagogue when you had to kind of stuff yeah, I was gonna say like half these kids, half these kids today, they're 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 so spoon fed, you know, by media, you know, by society today. It's it's altogether different. I mean, I'm 40 years old. I could tell you, uh, you know, almost 35 years ago, my generation was a hell of a lot different. You know, parents weren't afraid to discipline. The streetlight came on. You get your ass home for supper. You know, and that was that. You know, you back talk your mother. She gave you that look like literally turned her head. She gave you that look. That was it. Right. Right. You know, it's weird. My my kid is 32. And when he was younger, I don't know when it happened, but we were kind of we all had to be helicopter parents because it was against the law to leave them and they couldn't be outside playing. And those things called play dates started. And um, yeah. I wasn't the best at interviewing the other parents because one time, one time the mother called and, and said, um, do you have weapons in your home, Jane? Oh, or maybe she called me Mrs. Buckley. And I said, wow, what a great question I had never asked before with the other parents. And uh, I did not have weapons. But the other time I was talking to somebody and uh, my, Adam was younger and I was like, hey, oh, Okay, sweetie, could just that goes in your weapons basket, and, I, and then I went back to the telephone. I'm like, oh my god, do you hear what you just said, Jang? Oh, he has a toys. weapons basket, and they were toys, yeah. <laughs> but we had so we we had to like almost like coddle the kids 
is what I'm yeah. saying. And then what I tried to do is I knew. I love this Rakuten app. Look at that. I open the app, find a store that I want to use, start buying, and gets me tons of cash back. I just got paid to shop. My favorite thing about Rakuten is just getting money back in the mail. I mean, who wouldn't want cash back? Sign up today. I needed get to cash have some back kind of independence, and I would try to do that as much as I could. But it, it led to these kids that are offended by everything and triggered, and then it, we did them a bit of a disservice. Oh, they're triggered by everything. I mean, uh, uh, I see it every freaking day on social media. Like, uh, they're triggered to like, you know, like they, especially the LGBT plus community. Like they're triggered for everything. Like, oh my God, you you need to accept this. I, I don't have to accept you. It's my own personal. Uh, that's that's what's great about being an American. I don't have to accept you. I can look at you with disgust if I want to because that's that is my 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 amendment. I, I, it's in the Constitution. I don't have to do that. But they want acceptance. They want this. They want that. Hey, oh, like my mother said. Oh, but wait, 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 yeah. wait. With the, uh, with the LGBTQ letterhead, um, what I the alphabet people, the, I call what, it. Yep, I've heard that too. What I would like to say is, again, what I think America is doing is we're putting everybody's um. You know, I here's I want to say this. I was an identical twin. Everybody knew who I was because I was an identical twin. My last name was Landino. Everybody knew I was Italian all of a sudden. But the hook nose yeah. gave it away as well. But and the <laughs> okay. hair. Oh, my God. I had more hair than my first boyfriend on my chest than he did. It's oh. like, wow, this is going to work out well. Wait, Anywho. so you talk about the hair. Did you have the crazy 80s haircut? Uh, I ended up getting the perm. We all yeah. wanted to be black. Okay. Come on. Yeah. It was yeah. just easier in the summer. Have, Our hair easier. wasn't thick enough to do that really great height. No. You know, so we would get perms and look terrible. Absolutely terrible. But then I was going to, I didn't want to be married because then women were taking the last name of the husband. And it was like, fuck that. So I wouldn't wear yeah. a ring, um, a diamond, because I said, well, then people will know I'm engaged. Now I'm at ownership. Might as well put a dog collar around. And then I didn't want to take my husband's last name, which I never did, because why should I do that? My father had no men. Hello. I, I mean, why should I take your name? Then my father's name dies. I don't think so. So my father <laughs> thanked me. And I said, don't thank me, Dad, because if I could, I would have taken mommy's last name, Simmons. But they changed it at Ellis Island. It was supposed to be Simone. Simone yeah. And I didn't really like that anyway. Whatever. Yeah, Samoa so, uh, like, like like Samoa or something. Yeah, you know? I know. <laughs> so what yeah. I want to say to young people, not just LGBTQ, if you keep putting everything out there, you're separate. You're you are on purpose, not on purpose. It could be subconsciously. You're separating yourselves because what's happening is 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 immediately if I was out of the group. I became um, kind of out of the group. People didn't accept me, and they said Jones just crazy. That's what they kind well, of pushed they're, me they're, aside. So ladies, they're setting themselves up. I mean, literally. I mean, you're putting your, your your shit out there on social media, and then and then they're gonna cry and bitch about it. Like, oh, why am I getting attacked? You're getting attacked because you're you're putting stupid shit on the internet. <laughs> I mean, like, I I want to be like Pete Buttigieg. If some, if you're gonna put your sexuality out there, Pete Buttigieg said, I I hope to have the day when my sex life and my sexual identity isn't part of me coming to get a job. Now think, you know, when I was back at Wendy's, none of us really said, I prefer men. I prefer women. I prefer boys. I prefer girls, whatever. I prefer, I prefer animals. Goats. 
yeah, goats and shit. Everybody was fucking sheep and shit. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say now you have these lunatics today, like they're they're identifying themselves as like you said, they're sheep. I I seen some crazy uh, chick was about a couple months ago running through the fucking woods somewhere in Tennessee because she thinks that she's a wolf. I mean, <laughs> you know, you're so funny. My son admitted to me. He said, Mom, what are you talking about? When I was in school, two of the kids wore tails every day. And I, we didn't even know. And that. I didn't even know it. And I don't think he told me about it. And I don't. But what I want to say is when we were little, Jane and Joan, we identified more with animals. So there was this dog in the neighborhood that never had to be tied because back then we didn't have to tie animals. And she used to come over, Moochie was her name, and she drank out of a bowl her water. So we liked her better than human beings. And we said to our mom... We would like our milk out of the fucking, we didn't swear back then, fucking bowl. So she had to put two bowls of, and that's what she did. She asked us why. We said, because Moochie drinks that way. She went, okay. She put two bowls of milk on the fireplace little edge. And we went on our hands and knees and drank the milk. It's like, and under, yeah. but under her breath, she said, they're goddamn nuts. Yes. But the point yeah, but you did. What, yeah, you didn't do half the shit. Yeah, but you didn't do half the shit that you know you see these people doing today. I mean, I this this woman, she she she's living in the woods. She lives next to wolves, and then and then she's going into like into bestiality where she's like, well, I feel that it's okay if I sleep with the wolves and have sex with the wolves. I'm like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. You know what? Well, <laughs> as a former therapist. And as the boring, depressed twin, that all I, I became more, I was, my father called me the lecturer because I wouldn't shut up if only they would have validated part of what my complaining process was. So as a former therapist, all acting out, any is whether it's verbal acting out or physical acting out, is based on some type of negativity suppression um, yeah. physical abuse emotional abuse stepping a uh, financially strangling people i mean i mean i i love my ex-husband so i i refuse to go over there but there was one time where i had fantasies of getting a can a spray can spray paint can and you know spray painting something on his nice house in the commonwealth of massachusetts it's very very middle class but it was a decent yeah. house, of course. So, um, yeah, it's all. Ba- so one of the things you do, I did with parenting, because I tried to read a little bit, even though we learned life cycle, um, what you maybe c- should do to foster development versus squashing it is when somebody comes. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you the funniest story. So Thank I decided I changed the boring one. I decided I'm running away from home. And I was in, I believe, fifth or sixth grade. So I had on my, what we called bathrobes back in the day or is a house coat. Maybe that's. A <laughs> yeah. I've heard that terminology yep. before. Yep. It's a, it's like kind of like nap sack before it became a backpack. Yes. So anyway, yeah. I have my bathrobes, my house coat on and my pajamas and my, my uh, slippers. And I packed a stupid little bag with nothing. And our mom was working 
because we were that middle class in the neighborhood where the mother had to work a little bit and then well. to get the health a little bit to, full time. she worked full time to get the health insurance and my father had to be reminded of that so anyway I go outside <laughs> my our dad is outside and I don't just walk down the street I don't go running away without someone seeing me I have to be dramatic someone has to see oh, of course me. of course so he's outside working on the yard and I walk up to him and I stand there and he looks at me and he says, what, what are you doing? And I said, I am running away from home. Appropriately for the time, he slapped me on the arm and said, get in the house. And I turned around and marched right back into the house. But that experience, <laughs> yes, I carry as a positive thing because we also got to slam doors when we were angry and we didn't get yelled at and for break, that. break a couple of things. Because remember, yeah. who has the most dopamine? I think parents forget this. The, the highest level of dopamine, number one, is in a schizophrenic. Any oh, sure. They have the highest. But who has the highest level of dopamine in our lifespan is when we are adolescents. So we are supposed to act somewhat out there. You might not well, you're, understand you're, you're our learning, actions. You're, yeah, you're learning, you're experiencing. It's yes. all part of growing up, you know. Yeah. It, you know, you, the mind is like a sponge, you know, when you're a little boy or a little girl. You learn from your mistakes and you grow and you and you improve your life, you know. And then hopefully by the time you're, you know, my age or your age, you know, when you're adults in your 40s or 50s or 60s, you know, by then you're filled with wisdom and hopefully intelligence. But you know, we can't always say that because some people grow up to be dumbasses and and, and retards, you know. But you know, it, that's another segment. Yes. Uh, yeah, ladies, yeah, I'm going to be closing it out. I wish I had some more time, but I have a uh, another guest coming on around like 1130. Um, I have to invite you back if that's OK. Yes, oh, absolutely. Because you. I, you want to know why? Yeah. Because LGBTQ ha do not have friendly homes. There was over half or a third or two thirds. They go to homes that are unfriendly and not affirming what they are. And if you don't act like our mother, who cares where you drink out of it? You, everyone is loved unconditionally and strangers. You're right. Get to not like you for a while. Absolutely. Thank you. Great, great <laughs> stuff. I'll, I'll hold that thought, guys. If you want to hear more of uh, the therapy twins, you can head over to their website therapytwins.com check out their content check out their amazing material uh very humorous and funny ladies thank you very much for being part of the savage unfiltered podcast ladies thank you so thank much you. michael thank take you. it easy